gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about how to be a handler in the field. It is something that is not talked about enough and It is pretty simple, but you hear people violating what I call kind of a rule when you have a dog in just about every hunt. The term I am talking about is where you hear people yelling, hunt it up, hunt it up, hunt it up. And they keep yelling that to try to urge their dog on to hunt. When in reality, if you look at the person that has the dog out there that's handling the dog, the dog is hunting. They're just upset because the dog is not finding what they're looking for right away. You have to understand that dogs go through stages in their training and their hunting ability, and you need to let them learn. Uh, In my training, I let dogs go out, and if they don't find a mark or a bumper that is down, which a mark is a bumper or a bird, I actually let them struggle. And I will let them hunt as long as I can so that they learn something called perseverance. Perseverance is basically so that the dog has no quit. How do we get that dog that will go into a cattail stand and search for 10 minutes and then come out with the bird? It's because you let them hunt. You don't yell, hunt it up, hunt it up, hunt it up while they're in that cattail stand. You just let them do their thing. A lot of times, what I've seen, and I've hunted all over, A lot of times you'll think the bird is in one place and the bird actually was just winged and it's in a completely different area than what you thought and your dog knew best. So it is making sure that the dog is out there, making sure that they're working and letting their natural drive and prey, uh, retrieving desire and prey drive push them across the finish line. Now with a young dog, you're going to actually see this a lot. Young dogs have days where they look fantastic and you think, my gosh, I've got the greatest dog in the world. And then they've got other days where they basically look like they have no idea what they're doing. By young dog, I don't mean age. I mean hunting ability. Uh, I can tell you my dog Ace, uh, he's a black Labrador retriever. Ace has his master title, his finish title. He's qualified all age. He had nine derby points and he passed the HRC Grand last year. He is a phenomenal dog, phenomenal pedigree. He is worth a lot of money and anyone would love to hunt with that dog in the field. He came out of running competition. He's three and a half years old. He's got all those accolades. He has wowed people. People offered me large sums of money for him. I take him out on my son's youth hunt. I've got him sitting next to me, tell him sit, and I start throwing decoys. The first thing he did was go out and fetch one of the decoys and bring it back to me. Now that is a young dog mistake. Again, it had nothing to do with his training level or his experience level. He had just never, or it does have everything to do with the experience level. It doesn't have anything to do with his age. 
he had just been in a position where he was new. He was new to hunting. So he was a young dog, in essence, in his hunting ability. And when dogs get out and they're working, let them work. If you do end up where you got to help a dog because they're offline or maybe they give up, get them into an area, tell them to hunt it up, and work with them so that the wind is at their advantage. In other words, they are completely downwind of what you're having them find. Even if you see something laying on the ground, have the dog find it. I don't care. Call them over. Let them wind it. Make a big deal of it. Tell them they're doing great. Love them up. It is all about letting them have fun, letting them relax, and letting their natural ability come through. All right, so part two of being a handler for your dog comes down to actually having a young dog, as we talked about, an experience or age, and when you take them on the first few hunts. I train, I would say, around, let's say, 15 dogs a year for hunting training for clients, and I always tell them <coughs> that the first couple of hunts, don't even take a gun don't expect to actually hunt you're going out and you're actually a handler not a hunter and you need to keep that thought process when you have dogs in the future that you are a handler and not a hunter even when you are shooting birds so with that said we're going to enforce our obedience and you're going to make sure that the dog does not leave until you release it on a retrieve Commonly, we use a dog's name to release them on a retrieve. Uh, so, for instance, the dog we talked about a little earlier, his name is Ace. When the birds go down you want him to go retrieve, you, you just say his name, Ace. Why do we use his name? Because not many dogs are named the same. So if you used Fetch and you had two dogs out there and everyone used Fetch, the dog would automatically go and you'd have two dogs going out at the same time, which is not optimal. You want them really to have one go for a retrieve and, and come back. If you've got multiple birds down, you can line a dog up on a different bird. But you don't want two dogs going out and getting into a tug of war over a duck out in the middle of the pond. So you're going to work with them on your control. Uh, the other thing I tell people, if you want to see where birds are, once do a dog gets more experience, just watch the dog because they are much better at spotting birds than we are because that is their sole attention while they're out there. And you also want to make sure that the dog is comfortable. Uh, put a vest on the dog when it is colder. Don't have the dog lean uh, in the water, have them on a uh, dog platform or somewhere in the boat where they're on a dry surface or a surface that actually will let the water drain away. And then just worry about handling with the dog. You can watch when people shoot. That is the other thing. I don't take a young dog out with four or five hunters. I always try to have one or two hunters so that you don't have a huge barrage that sounds like the 4th of July when, a, when, when one bird flies over. You want to make sure that the dog is not getting... Uh, I guess stressed and you want to make sure that they're having fun when you send the dog out on the first retrieve that ever goes on you might have it where they stall and where they don't know what to do because you can't mimic hunting uh, in your training so if this happens all you need to do is calmly take the dog out walk out there with them so that they understand what you want send them on the uh, on the on the bird that's down and if you have time, throw a couple, throw the bird a couple of times so the dog can go out in the decoys and actually uh, do a couple of retrieves. It'll make it fun for them, then they'll understand why they're there. In fact, 
I suggest to my clients, if you can, take the dog out into an area that is similar to what you hunt. We don't want to take them to our favorite spot, but similar to what you hunt, throw some decoys out, maybe have a dead bird or have a bumper and have that the, the time that they're in their actual hunting atmosphere before the hunt as opposed to opening day of whatever season you take them on. So again, you're a handler, not a hunter. You want your dog to have a pleasant experience. You want them to be under control because that is what you trained for. And from there, as they, as they gain their time in the field and experience in the field, you're going to just love watching their development. The one thing I always caution people is never brag about a dog until they're gone because they will always make you look foolish. Young dogs especially, you will have days where you say, my gosh, I have the greatest dog in the world. And then the next time you take them out, they look like they don't even know what they're doing. So keep that in mind when you take them out. Have fun with them in the field. And remember, you're a team. You're a handler. You guys are hunting together, not you hunting for yourself and the dog hunting for, the, for, for him or himself. Have fun. Enjoy it. Stay tuned for our next uh, training tip, which the training tip today is going to be on what to work on right before the season if you have an older dog. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. So the season is weeks away. We're excited. We're getting everything ready. We clean our gun. We get our ammo ready. We clean off our decoys. We make sure they're rigged properly. One of the most important things you should do is take your dog out and just work on obedience. I don't care how old your dog is. They can all use work. Take them out, work with them on heels so that they're staying near you. I have personally had dogs get away from me when I wasn't paying attention in uh, wetlands. And now you're screaming in the dark trying to get your dog to you. Um, So you want to work on your heel. You want to work on their steadiness uh, so that when the birds go down or even the birds are coming in, the dog doesn't break. You want to make sure they're leaving on their name when you release them for a retrieve. And you want to get them in shape. Overlooked often is when dogs get to six, seven, eight years old, you really need to exercise them so that they're in shape. And this will do several things. One, the dog is going to be uh, in better shape and, and more able to help hunt in the field. But two, it protects them from injury. And you can look at it this way. If you're exercising your dog, get yourself out and get yourself some exercise. Uh, as, as, as we as uh, hunters get older, uh, geez, I'm getting pretty old now myself, you want to make sure that you're in a good condition so that you have an enjoyable hunt. You're not having your heart jump out of your throat, not having a heart attack. You're, you're not going to injure yourself. So get yourself out. Again, you're a handling team. You're handling uh, a hunting team. You're the handler. Dog's going to do your retrieves. Get out, get some exercise, and get yourself ready for the upcoming hunt. Stay tuned for the next part of our show, which is going to be looking for food sources prior to your hunt. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. You're ready for your bird hunt, you're ready for your wing shooting extravaganza, but you didn't go out and scout. Make sure that you are doing your scouting prior to going out for your hunt. One of the number one things you got to figure out is what are the birds eating. Now, you may hunt 
on an area where the birds come in mid-morning to do what's called loaf and just kind of hang out. Uh, you don't want to hunt your roost pond because you'll kick the birds out and they'll leave for good, but you want to find out what they're going to eat. So find out where the birds are roosted, and then you are going to follow the birds to where they're eating. Find that food source and make sure that you're in a position to be successful. Now, on upland hunting, we can look at it the same way. You can look at these huge CRP fields, and you can also look and see the cornfields next to them. How tall is the corn? Can the birds get to it? You can walk along and see if it actually, you can see where the birds are uh, knocking down cobs. The best thing to do is talk to the farmers, see when they're going to harvest. Again, for waterfall or for upland, when you know uh, when your crops are getting harvested, that is going to give you the idea of, one, where to look, and two, a good idea of where the birds likely will be. For upland, if you can find a CRP field along a cut corn field that was just, uh, just harvested, you have something that is going to be gold. For waterfowl, you're going to follow those birds, which that is getting in your truck and just following along. Have a good map, follow those birds, see where they're going. If you can, watch where they leave from there. There are a lot of times that birds will go to a stopover during the day, not back to the roost pond. If you find these spots, you find where they're feeding, you find a loafing pond, that is what is going to make your hunt so much more successful. We put so much time and energy into our shooting, our dogs. We invest in all of our equipment. you got to invest your time and find out what the birds are eating and where they're headed. That's this week's hunting tip, and that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to Sporting Dog Adventures. I'm Jeff Fuller of Saggy Acres Retrievers. God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun.